Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting, so prepare to move forward. Y'all, I'm burning with this word. Jai, I'm ready. Tell somebody, it's about to go down. All right, let's get in. My God. All right. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now. Now, now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. You inherited a promise. I felt that in my left knee. See, what y'all don't know, what y'all don't know about Fort City is up the street downtown at Benedict is where my father several, several years ago, 40 years ago, got on a knee and proposed to my mom. And what y'all don't know is that they started something in Columbia. And 30 years later, after Germany and after Georgia and after living different places, God rerouted my wife here. Because we inherited a promise. You didn't hear what I just said. I got to leave that alone. It's not what I'm preaching. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you. All the days of your life. As I was with Moses. And the Bible says in, in Moses' obituary at the end of Deuteronomy that Jesus, that God used to meet with him face to face. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. Somebody need to receive this. Nor forsake you. We'll skip to verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. And courageous. Do not be afraid. But you're scurful. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God. This is why you can't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your This atmosphere is pregnant, y'all. I'm telling you. Something about to break out off up in her. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. I'm going to preach a message, Aunt Vern, for the next few moments. 
I'm telling you, I've been, actually the message, it hit me the other night. I forgot, we was all at, at the house chilling and I, I got up and I, I literally went to the restroom and God was like, boom. And I came back and said, oops, I got the word. It was, I did number one, but it was that quick. I want them to know how quick it was. It was that quick that I got the word. This is the word. When it happens, I'll be ready. When it happens, I'll be ready. Lord, breathe on your word. We're here for you. We're excited for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel a praise. Give them 10 seconds on your way down. When it happens, Mama Pam, I'm about to I'm about to preach it. I'm excited. When it happens. When it happens. Not if it happens. But when it happens. There's a difference. So my wife got pregnant for the third time. I got um <laughs> immediately we started preparing for the future. The proof of our expectation was in our preparation. Because we had a win attached to it. It wasn't if the baby was coming. We knew the baby was coming. And the question is not if it will happen. The question is, will you be ready when it happens? There's a widow in 2 Kings chapter 4. Y'all know it's like one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And she goes to the prophet Elisha and she says, my husband is dead and we don't have any money. He tells her, he, goes, he says, go and collect as many jars as you can. So she goes out, she collects the jars. A a, a long story short, the Bible says um, she starts pouring the oil, and as she pours, God pours, and every jar in the house is filled with oil. Now, here's what I need to point out about this. The level of her preparation was exposed. Let me say that again. The level of her preparation exposed the level of her expectation. And so it is with us. The level of your preparation exposes the level of your expectation. Like, how, I know if you really believe by how you really prepare. Like, here it is. You can't have a level three preparation expecting a level 10 blessing. <laughs> so if I expect big, I have to prepare big. Here, here's something. Your praise does not convince God if you believe or not. Your preparation does. <laughs> Oh, man. And we've been, we've been taught as long as I shout and spin around three times, it's going to happen. And I'm not dissing your praise. I love praising God. But, but praise and preparation are two different things. And this month we're talking about work the field. We're talking about stewardship. And there are some things that God's been wanting to deliver to you, but he knows you're not prepared for it. God will not pour out more oil than you're ready to receive. Man. And this is why when, when the jars ran out, the oil stopped. The oil didn't run out. The miracle didn't run out. God just doesn't waste oil. Because wasted oil is dangerous. You find yourself slipping out of control. And God does not waste oil. Not only does not God not waste oil, God doesn't waste harvest. Because a wasted harvest falls. <laughs> and so, here in Joshua... Chapter 1, verse 11, he says, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Get your provisions ready. Like, you're about to cross, but before, before you shout at the wall, prepare. Get your provisions ready. 
He said, three days from now, you're going in. Three months from now, Forward City, we're going into our new building. The question is not if we are, it's if we'll be ready. God says, get your provisions ready. Get your house in order. Here's what the message translation says. It says, pack your bags. What's so interesting about this scenario and about this instruction is is that it's a non-military instruction. In the same sentence that he tells them you're about to take the territory, he tells them to pack your lunch. To prepare your provisions. To, to pack your bags. And so I was shaking my head and I was like, God, this doesn't really make sense to me because uh, get ready and prepare your provisions. He's talking about if you break it down, he's really talking about food. So he's saying store your food. He's saying, he's saying pack your lunch. And I'm like, God, why would they be packing lunch when they're getting ready for war? It seems to me that they would be sharpening their sword. It seems to me like they'll be in the gym with Tristan doing some push-ups. We're about to fight. God says, God says the reason they didn't have to sharpen their sword or do push-ups is because they weren't about to fight. I was about to fight. Uh, and the ability to pack a lunch before a battle proves who you really trust. Oh, man, can I preach to somebody in this room? How are you remaining calm in an unstable environment? Because it proves who I really trust. You're packing lunch where you should be training. Because the battle is not against flesh and blood. Man, man, man. This next battle, God wants to fight for you. My God. Why aren't you clapping back on social media? Why, Why aren't you standing up for yourself? Because my composure is an invitation to God's strength to arise in my circumstance. Did you hear what I just said? Get your provisions ready. All you got to do is pack the lunch and watch God show up and fight for you. Now, here's a crazy part. Joshua 2.1 says this. It says, then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly, can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. <laughs> it says, Joshua secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Now, watch this. This is crazy, Sam. This is what's crazy. As they were packing their food, at the same time, Joshua was secretly sending spies in. <laughs> As they were packing lunch, they were just being obedient. And their preparation didn't look like much in the moment. It felt insignificant. Have you ever been in a season that felt insignificant? Y'all ain't going to be honest in this church. Have you ever got, you just felt like you were supposed to go back to school for another degree. And it felt insignificant. Your job just felt insignificant. Why am I here? Why am I in Columbia? I just feel insignificant. What is God doing? They had no idea while they were packing their lunch that the spies were already in the promised land. They had no idea while they were just being obedient they were preparing in obedience at the same time Rahab was having a meeting with the spies. What does this mean? It means that no one knew that God was working on their future while they were being obedient in the present. Uh, you don't hear what I'm telling you. At 
the same time, they were just showing up to serve in the church and God was already working in their future. They were just raising their kids and God was working in their future. They were just being faithful over a little and God was working in the future. They had no idea that the promise was already being manifested and they were just being obedient where they were. I'm not preaching to everybody, but there's a few people that feel like your season is insignificant. Feel like you're just packing a lunch. Can I tell you something? God is already preparing the future for you. He's getting you ready for something that's getting ready for you. There is power in preparation. There is power in preparation. When I start preparing, angels start moving on my behalf. Oh, man. So the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain so that they can run. And I think angels need something to run with. <laughs> this is what God told me. And this is for everybody. It's for me. He said, the spies can't go until you start packing, Travis. Angels won't move until you start packing. So it feels dumb in the moment, but faith is evidence. <laughs> start packing. Why are you packing? Because God knows exactly what you'll need when you get there. Ooh, you ready for this bomb? Here it is. If you're preparing the wrong thing, you won't last. Oh, Denar, you're going to like this. Had they missed this instruction that seemed insignificant, that seemed irrelevant. What are we packing for? In three days, we're going. In three days, no, 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 you're going to the wall. There's another seven days of marching. And you could be preparing for battle and not knowing that you're going to need something to keep you energized. You, don't, you think that you need to be preparing for war, and God says you really need to be preparing for the march. This is why it is so vitally important to not lean unto your own understanding. Man, God may be giving you an instruction that don't make sense to mama them, may not make sense to your classmates, may not make sense to your homies, may not make sense to your group thread, but God sees something in the future that he needs you to be prepared for. Listen, and it's custom made for your journey. Tell somebody, start packing, start packing. You don't have to understand the instruction to obey it. When it happens, I'll be ready. Joshua 1-2 says this. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, get ready. See, before you cross, you got to get ready. God's word to Joshua, I never really paid attention to this. He said, you and all these people. So God's word to Joshua wasn't just about him. He says, not only do you need to prepare, but everybody attached to you need to prepare. Mm. Tell somebody, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I came today to make an announcement that if you're going to roll with me, you got to get ready. If you wait until it's time to move to get ready, you already late. Uh, so so here's, here's the thing. You may be around some people who are actually comfortable on the level they're at. Oh, man. They have normalized their dysfunction. I've been around them too. I've been around people who are comfortable broke. Like I'm cool with this for a season, but that season need to pass eventually. I've been there. No, I was broke, 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 broke. My wife would tell you, 
I used to take her to dinner, and dinner meant getting a junior bacon. And then they rolled the price on the junior bacon. So I said, we're going to have to go to cookout, because if we go to cookout, it's the only place where you can get nuggets as a side with a huge T. See, y'all too bougie for me. Y'all ain't been broke before. Y'all ain't been broke. And I've been broke before, but I needed that broke to be a season. I'm not cool with being broke for the rest of my life. I'm going somewhere. So I had to start changing my environment. I was around too many people who enjoyed dysfunction. Too many people who enjoyed depression. Too many people who enjoyed drama. Too many people who enjoyed being broke. I'm going somewhere, and so I can't just get ready, but everybody attached to me gotta get ready so the question now is how Travis how do I get ready (laughs) I feel it I feel like God's up to something and I don't want to miss it so how do I get ready the biggest tragedy is for opportunity to arrive to someone who's unprepared So God told me, quit praying for manifestation and pray for the tools for preparation. Because if you're prepared for it, you don't even have to ask for it. Man, opportunities love nothing more than to find a prepared place. So God says, Travis, start praying for strategy. Start praying for faith. Start praying for your capacity to be expanded. And be careful when you pray about capacity because capacity is only expanded under pressure. So when you're praying for preparation, you're really praying for added pressure. Ah, And then you're complaining when things get heavier. No, no, no. God's just making you stronger, Israelites, because when you march out of Egypt, you're not coming out empty-handed. O-M-G. God has been making you strong ah, to be able to manage the harvest that's about to be poured on you. God says, test me and see if I won't pour out a blessing. He says, I'm going to open up the windows, plural, and pour out a blessing, singular. That means this blessing is so big, it can't fit through one window. Who am I preaching to? You better get yourself ready, because God's about to drop a bomb on you and everybody attached to you. Tell your crew, get ready. We can't keep talking about the same old thing. Get ready. We can't keep gossiping. Get ready. We got to start praying and fasting. Get ready. We got to start tithing and sowing. Get ready, because God's about to drop something on me that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. I'm about to walk into my promise. You got 10 seconds. Give him a praise like you know it's on the way. So the first thing, I'm normally more calm than this, guys. If it's your first time, just. The first thing that the Lord prepared with Joshua was not his sword for fighting. You got to catch this, CJ. He didn't even prepare his shoes for marching. He didn't deal with his armor. This was shocking to me when God revealed it to me. Joshua 1.1, what's the first thing God deals with? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, wait, the Lord said, wait a minute, the Lord said, up until this point, Pastor Nikki, Joshua was hearing the voice of God through Moses. What was the last God said in your life? So here's the first step to getting ready. Open your ears. Oh, man. Catch this, catch this, catch this. The death of the previous season 
birthed a new way of hearing God. Mm. This tells me that whenever a door closes, I can expect to hear God in a new way. You didn't hear what I said. Whenever a relationship shifts, I can expect to hear God in a new way. If Joshua would have been consumed with his loss, if Joshua would have been consumed by the shift, if Joshua would have been consumed by the breakup, if Joshua would have been consumed by the pink slip, then he would have missed the fresh instruction. Hey, 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 Moses left. God didn't. Moses was done speaking. God was just getting started. And when pain hits your life, I know half of y'all don't, y'all don't deal with pain. Some of y'all live in Wood Creek. Y'all got it going on like Donkey Kong. But some of us know something about some pain, some agony, some stress. When pain hits your life, it's not the time to retreat or hide. No, 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 no. It's the time to open your ears. There are things that you hear in the valley that you'll never hear on the mountain. Songs like Made Away is written in a hospital room, not in a five-star hotel. Oh, my God. I can't, listen, listen. This is where in the place of desperation is where the best innovation happens. So what the enemy wants you to do is be consumed with what's happening around you and close your ear from an instruction of God that can help transform your life and expedite your process. You don't hear what I'm telling you. If you just open your ears in the valley, if you just open your ears, I know you're surrounded by sorrow. I know your weeping is enduring for a night. But if you just open your ears, maybe you'll hear an instruction that will unlock things that your family's been dealing with for generations. God says open your here. Best time to dream is in the season of loss. Because if you're in a season of loss, then you're convinced that you don't really have much to lose anyway. This is the best time to start listening. Joshua, there's a plan for your future. Joshua, you're going to conquer the territory. Joshua, you're going to receive the promise. Joshua, you're going to defeat the army. But before We can do any of that. Joshua, I got to make a listener out of you. Before your winning season, you need a listening season. So God, a.k.a. 2020, will slow your schedule down. Just enough to make a listener out of you. He said, I know you're excited about your future, Joshua. I know you can't wait to get there. But the only way that you're going to be sustained in the new territory is if your ear is open. So here's what I learned. God desires to train your ear to hear more than he desires to to train your hands for war. Because if you hear right, then you know which battles to fight or not. Oh, my God. You know which battles aren't even natural battles. Oh, my God. How many, here's my question. Travis, how many unnecessary wars have you signed up for? Mm. 
Because instead of giving God your ear, you decided to give your words and your opinion to stuff that didn't have nothing to do with you. Instead of giving God your ears, you decided to come down and fight little petty battles. Instead of fixing your eyes on the promise keeping God you serve. Instead of giving God your ear, you couldn't control your reaction and your flesh and you just had to prove yourself. And you just had to speak up. God says, how about you close your mouth and give me your ear? Hey, Israelites, I got new territory for you. Hear me. But for seven days, I need you to march and not say nothing. God has had you in a season of teaching you to be slow to speak. Quit to listen. He said, I'm making a listener out of you. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit the Lord is saying. He says, I'm making a listener out of you. And I've been in seasons, ladies and gentlemen, where I've been too busy to listen. I ain't even talking about my wilding out days. I'm talking about working for God. Traveling, singing, preaching, moving, working for God but without God for seasons because, listen, I was moving off a previous instruction. And the devil enjoys nothing more than a busy Christian who don't hear. You shouting, but you can't hear him. Who am I talking to? Oh, you got the form of godliness, but you're denying his power. You still offer the instruction for five years. God been told you to leave that relationship. God been told you to leave that job. But you won't listen. And maybe you've just been too busy to hear. So, so, so Joshua, Joshua, first I got to deal with you being able to hear me. So in order to refocus, God will shake things up. Oh, yes, he will. Uh, I'm thankful now for the shakeup. It's uncomfortable when he does it, but I'm grateful for the shakeup. Got to shake you out of comfort. And here's something you need to know. He shakes before he speaks. Oh, my God, this ain't for everybody. But if you've been in a season of turbulence, if you've been in a season where you just can't find your footing, God shakes before he speaks. Oh, my God. If you've been in a season where you just can't get a grip on things, maybe God's trying to get your attention long enough to drop an instruction on you that's going to shift everything in your... Somebody scream, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. He's shaking it up to speak to it. All right. The first, first... How do I get ready? First, open your ears. Here's the second thing. You're taking notes. Turn the page. Turn, turn the page. Now that, now that I have your instruction, now I have your intention, can, can you turn the page on what was? <laughs> on what worked? ED, worked. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, then, you and your whole crew, get ready. Moses is dead. Now, get ready. That chapter has ended. Now, get ready. That person left you. Now, get ready. (laughs) That job lets you go. Now, get ready. I never saw this before. This is going to bless somebody. There are some things... You can't even get ready for as long as the old thing is still in the way. (laughs) 
This is for the people. I know you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. This is for some people who you saved, but you feel stuck. You love God, but you feel stuck. And you're like, man, I just feel like for three, five, ten years, I haven't been progressing. And you're saying, man, this is great. I love this message, but I don't even feel like I'm in a season of preparation. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, get ready. Now, prepare. Watch this. The preparation was at a standstill waiting on the separation. It's going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody. God's saying, we can't deal with the next phase until you allow me to separate you from some people and some things at this stage. Oh, my God. I don't want to get stuck here. I don't want to get stuck here. Because wherever there is elevation, the prereq to elevation is separation. It's in the scripture. I can show it to you a bunch of times. I don't want to waste your time. But whenever God is about to shift you to another level, whenever he's about to lift you, whenever he's about to raise you, first he has to deal with your attachments. Oh, man. Because the source of limitation is attachment. The only way, the only reason inmates stay on the ground on the campus they're at is because there's something called barbed wire that's attached around them. They're only limited because of the attachments around them. My God, the only reason you've been stuck is because of who you're attached to. Oh my God, but I need some people to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and saying, you were great for yesterday, Moses, but God is about to take me somewhere. Did you hear what I just said? God is about to take me somewhere, and I know we've been down like two flat tires since the fifth grade, but I don't know if you're the one to go with me into my future. You were great for me then, but I need something that works for me now. (laughs) For those who's been lacking creativity, for those who's been lacking insight, for those who's been lacking a plan, it may be because Moses is still around. (laughs) Tell somebody else, turn the page. And I, I don't know who or what your Moses is. Let me just break it down and make it plain. Moses represents your dependence. Moses is your go-to. Moses, Moses is what's familiar. It's, it's what works for you. And sometimes God would allow your Moses to slip away so that he could get your undivided attention, Joshua. Yes, sir. It could be your familiar place. Yeah. Oh, here's one. It could be your spiritual routine. What, what, if, what, if, what if God wants a new prayer time? We always met at 7 a.m. We're going to keep meeting at 7 a.m. God, like, you up before I am. I'm trying to meet at, I'm kidding. (laughs) Can we do lunch? My God. (laughs) What if God wants to break up what's familiar? I've had so many people through the years that's like, it's not working anymore. What am I doing wrong? Not listening. Maybe God wants to set up a new altar, Jacob. Maybe God is trying to get you to a new place in a new space with new people and you're unwilling to turn the page. Hey, Moses. Hey, Moses. Let me deal with Moses because Moses is great. But just because you got me here, 
doesn't mean that you can get me there. <laughs> Here's what I found. There's a difference between a deliverer and a conqueror. A deliverer will help get you out, Sam. A, a, a deliverer will help get you free from some things. But after I'm free, what, what next? What else is there to do? Like, once you bail me out of jail, thank you. But if I don't have a plan, my mother and I have been doing prison ministry for the past 20 years. If I don't have a plan once I'm out, then I'm bound to get back locked up. And this is why, my God, there's so many people who come to the altar and you get free, but you don't have a plan to stay free. There's a difference between being delivered and having, what's it? The right accountability. The right guidance. To not just get free, but stay free. Oh, man. To not just get out, but to go in. So I need a team. I got to shift my team. I need a team of people who can help me seize some stuff. I don't, I, I can't just be surrounded by dream killers, haters. I can't be surrounded by people that I got to explain everything to. You've been having to dumb down your dream for people who can digest it. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, what I'm trying to tell you is if I, if one day when I, no, man, you need some people who can challenge you. You need some people that just won't pull you, but that will push you forward. Come on here. If I got to explain everything to you, you ain't the right one for me. I need some people who can finish my sentence. Y'all ain't helping me. I need some people who can add to my business plan. So Moses, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that I made it out. And you know, I preach this all the time. You already know the name Moses means to be drawn out of water. Drawn out, drawn out. Moses was a deliverer. He was, he was, man, he was gifted at drawing people out. Pulling you out of stuff. But just because Moses can pull you out of something doesn't mean he can pull the best out of you. And here's what the name Joshua means. The name Joshua, some of y'all know this is Old Testament really for Jesus, Yahshua. And what, what it means, what it means is God is salvation, God saves. And, and when I first read this, I was like, God, doesn't that mean the same thing? Like deliverance and, and salvation, doesn't it mean the same thing? God says, not really. Because when I save, I don't just save you from something. I save you for something. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It ain't just enough that I'm coming out of stuff. God says, Travis, I really saved you so that you could enter into some stuff. Y'all don't hear what I'm telling you. I'm not just coming out. I'm going to, and when it happens, I'll be ready. How? One, open your ears. Two, turn the page. Way by the Moses. Here's the third one. And I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm right on time. Feel good. Keisha. Pastor, we're going to need you to tighten up on the time. I bind that. She can be binded too. Nobody above being binded. Joshua 1.3. Joshua 1.3. I will give you every place. You got to be careful with this. Where you set your... Listen, I can, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm going to give a disclaimer. If you're not believing God for nothing, 
this whole next point is just gonna go over your head. So don't worry about it. Just look at me, you know, in that tone of voice. We cool. But for those who believe God for something, this is about to jack you slap up. See the baby already, he already going in. Even the babies are praising, my God. Yes! That was a white baby, too. I know the difference. That was a, wasn't that a white baby? I know. I can tell the difference. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was a cute cry. That's how I just... Formula baby right there. Joshua 1.3. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Here it is, Mama Pam. After I open my ears, after I turn the page, the third thing I got to do is walk in it. Yeah. Now, here's the scripture, Crystal Mosley. He says, I'll give you every place you set your foot. This is what God is saying. If you don't step in it, Travis, you don't really want it. He says, I'm going to give it to you. But the proof of your readiness is the confidence to walk in it. Mm. Because faith is evidence. God said, don't ask for more stuff. Ask for the faith to walk in it. Yes, <laughs> I would go, a lot of you guys know this, before we close on the building, I would go every day and lay hands on the building. Every single day. Every single day. Sometimes I'll forget the day I slip by, it'll be 11.30 p.m. And I'll be like, hey, I got to get to the building. God, you know, he gave me an instruction. I got to go lay hands on it. Because whenever you're taking new territory, it's warfare attached to it. <laughs> There's some things that come easy, but the enemy is very afraid of you taking new territory. And he won't bother you if you don't bother him. <laughs> so God told me to go lay hands on this true story. I'll roll up, and a few times cops will meet me there. They'll be like, bro, what you doing out here? You just look, you just look like a drug dealer. Everything about you <laughs> says you got something in the back of that truck. Everything. <laughs> and I would introduce myself as the future owner. <laughs> of the building without the money to buy it I didn't need man's money because I have faith and faith, thank you, is the currency of heaven so as long as I could walk in it God says if you place your feet on it it's already yours see, see you've been waiting on God to place something in your hands that you haven't even had the faith to place your feet on Tell somebody else, walk in it. What does this mean? This means drive through neighborhoods you can't afford. Claim your territory. This means write a vision that's beyond your checkbook. This, this, this means start praying audacious prayers. This, this means start applying for positions that's way above your qualifications. Why? 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 Because I got a word attached to my life and I got to start walking in it. Now it's not waiting on next. Next is waiting on now. When you can walk in it, 
then you can have it. When you can walk in it, then you can have it. Something happened the other day, y'all. And when it happened, when it happened, I said, oh, my God, I can preach. I knew it in the moment. I said, oh, that's going to preach good because it was so powerful. We're at the building. This is my custom. I'm there all the time. We're at the building, and uh, we're hanging. Then we had a visitor, Vera, one of the leaders from the church, shows up. We had the building. We work. We strategizing. We're going through plans. And I see her. I said, I look like Vera. And she's standing at the door. And she's standing there. And we saw her. And I'm kind of like, come on. Come on in. She's standing there. And she's waiting for someone to come open the door. And we're all the way over here. And I'm like, it's going to take more effort for us to come over there and let you in. And we're looking. And eventually she took one step forward. And what she didn't know, that the doors were automatic. And when she stepped forward, the doors flew open. And I said, oh my God, that will preach. She was waiting on somebody to open a door. And the door was waiting on her to step to it. You didn't hear what I just said. This next thing God's about to do in your life, you don't need favors. You don't need hand-me-downs. You don't need people to understand it. God said, baby girl, homeboy, you just got to step in it. Come on. This next miracle is waiting on you to step through what's been promised to you already. It got your name on it. You just got to walk in it. Tell somebody, walk in it, walk in it, walk in it, walk in it. You're not waiting on the door. The door is waiting on you. Walk in it. I know they lied on you, but walk in it. I know they left you, but walk in it. I know they don't understand you, but walk in it. I know the last door didn't work, but walk in it because it's waiting on you. And when it happens, you'll be ready. Come on, somebody shout at me. I'm about to walk in it. I'm going to step in my destiny. I'm going to walk in his promises. Everything that God told me was mine is mine and is waiting on my faith to walk through it. Open your ears. Turn the page. Walk in it. It's waiting on you. It's waiting on you. A lot of us are like Vera. We're standing back because we don't want to intrude. And God says, I've already made a way. Moses, the Red Sea looks closed. Joshua, the Jordan River looks closed. (laughs) But it's waiting on your next step to open up. And the power of God is stronger than electricity that opened those doors on two notch. God can open doors that no hater can close. Come on here. God can open doors that didn't work for mama and daddy them and granddaddy. And God says, this door got your name on it. It's just waiting on you to walk through it. You got to work the field and pray for rain. It's waiting on you. It's waiting on you. And when it happens, you'll be ready. You'll be ready because your ears are open Mm. because you're willing to turn the page on some stuff. You're willing to walk in it. Now is not waiting on next. Next is waiting on now. God told me this. I'm telling you, this, this series is changing me, man. 
God said, don't just pray for more, Travis. Hear me, hear me. Prepare for more. The fruit from your prayer is the strategy that it gives you. I'm praying, hear me, to commune with God and to receive the how. I got the what. I just need to know the strategy. If I need more jars for the oil, give me the strategy. If like Ruth, I just need to show up to the field, give me the strategy. Whatever that you're calling me to, God, if you just give me the how. We keep praying for what? That's I already told you what. You've had the what since you were six years old. (laughs) Saw the vision since you were young. You've allowed maturity to talk you out of promise. Oh my God. You're like Peter Pan. It's one of my favorite movies. Pan. Hook. No? All right. (laughs) He couldn't fly. The ability was lost when he grew up. And some of us, you're just too grown for God. You just know too much. And God said, except you come to me like a child. It's supposed to sound foolish. <laughs> My son Jace came to me yesterday. <laughs> and we got these high ceilings in our living room. And I don't know why the kids, whenever we have anything, they, they get a kick out of letting the balloons go up there as high as possible. And I was just like, well, those are going to be up there for a while until... And I don't know what kind of balloons these were. Get those balloons for, for now on because they only lasted like an hour and they came down by themselves. And I was like, man, the balloon came down. And my oldest son, Jace, looked at me and said, I jumped up and got it. I said, yeah, yeah, you did? He said, yeah. I said, I, I, I don't think you did. He said, I know, I know, I didn't, I didn't do it. But just the mere fact that his imagination allowed him to even think it was possible. Some of us so grown, we don't even think it's possible anymore. One of my favorite scenes from Pursuit of Happiness is when Will is out there and his son is playing basketball and talking about he's going to be a professional ball player. And Will's like, dude, he's crushing his dreams. And then he comes back to him and starts crying. He said, man, I'm sorry. If you believe in your heart, it can happen. And I feel like God is telling some of us, man, like, grow down. (laughs) You're so grown. You know so much. You've tried so much. God is like, just believe again that anything is possible. Doors don't open by themselves. They do if God's involved. They do if they have power in them. (laughs) It's not just a door. That door got power behind it. And it's waiting on you to walk in it. 
Walk in your calling. Walk in your destiny. Walk in your anointing. Walk in your gifts. Quit making excuses. God said, just walk in it. I've prepared you for what's been prepared for you. When it happens, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. I'll be ready to cross over to gain everything that God has promised me. Come on, anybody knows that the future belongs to you? Come on. Stand on your feet and give them a good praise like you know the future belongs to you. Now it's not waiting on next. Next is waiting on now. And when it happens, you'll be ready for it. God, we give you praise. We give you glory for what you did in this room with my friends today. For those watching online, I thank you for a word that can stir us up, get us to move forward and not remain where we are. Hey, if you're in this room or if you're online, I'm going to give you a moment to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you did it long ago and you strayed away. Here at Forest City, we don't embarrass you. We just, right where you are, we just recognize and pray with you. But you're not alone. One of the biggest tricks of receiving is that you're alone when you're not alone. So I want every eye closed in this room and in your room. It's just you and God. I'm counting to three. If you're far from them, I just want you to lift your hand for a moment. Just very quickly. Just acknowledge, hey, I want to give him my heart. That's it. I want to give him my heart. If that's you, I'm counting to three. Lift that hand high. It's your moment. I'm coming back to Jesus. One, two, three. Lift it high. I'm coming back to Jesus. I see you in the back. I see you, man. I see you in the back. I see you, man. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you. Come on. I'm coming back to Jesus. I saw several men. Several men. I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm giving them my heart. That's big time right there. Come on, church, celebrate, celebrate. Hey, if you raise your hand, we're going to pray with you right where you are and right online. Just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you got up so I don't have to stay down. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. I'll never be the same. No, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, we got something we want you to fill out so that we can be in touch with you. If you're online, click that link. We're going to hit you up and be in touch with you. You're not alone. You're not called to live in isolation, but in congregation. If you believe God is up to something new in your life, give him a good praise in this room. Come on. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you, and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.